Okay. All right. Thank you, Wilson, for being with us today on the Black Male Archives podcast. And we just want to know, you're in the financial uh, industry. Just tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, you know, how you got involved into this uh, field that you're in right now. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, my name is Wilson Muscat, and I am uh, the, the founder of uh, the Money Speak Easy, which is um, a, a blog and more so a community of uh, young professionals that are dealing with their personal finances. Um, so I, I, um, I built that um, three years ago, um, and I, I came to that conclusion after working in the financial services industry for about 15 years. Um, and the way that I came to it was more about um, the the needs of the people that I was seeing out there and how they weren't being served. Um, so really quickly on that, if you think about the financial services industry and if, if people that have like a financial advisor, um, the way that the industry is structured is that it's um, for people that have a lot of financial assets, right? So the older and wealthier you are, the more likely you are to say, yeah, I have, a, I have my financial advisor. Um, the problem is, is that um, upwards of 76% of the American population is living paycheck to paycheck. And so um, as I was working in financial services, I was noticing and it was, it was bothering me that um, the products and services that we were set up was basically, are basically designed for less than 15% of the American population. And the other 85% um, are sort of left to their own devices. Um, and uh, particularly for younger people, um, I feel like that's where, um, you know, before the age of 35, I always tell people like the, the most important financial decisions that you make are typically before the age of 35. If you think about, um, you know, marriage, um, kids, your first home, um, the level of education, your career, and when you start saving and investing consistently, a lot of those decisions are made earlier in life. And, um, and I wanted to help people make better decisions earlier on so that it would impact the trajectory of their finances. So that's why I started the, the Money Speak Easy and started coaching and building programs to help educate people about building what I call their financial foundation. Wow, that's 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 awesome. So so the listeners don't know this, but we we actually went to, to high school together. Indeed. Yeah. So so what how did you how did you get involved in this? What 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 led you to 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 want to to do this full time? Yeah. So um, I'll I'll out myself a little bit as a little bit of a nerd. So um, so my my parents are both um, immigrants um, from from Haiti. Um, and my father in particular, um, he had me, uh, I didn't um, receive like a typical allowance growing up. Most kids like do, you know, like chores and they get the allowance, but mm -hmm. my father didn't believe in paying people for things that you're supposed to do. So um, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get uh, an allowance for doing chores, but instead what he had me do was um, he would have me read books and write book reports for my allowance. Hmm. And so um, it turned out that many of those um, books uh, were ended up being personal finance books. And uh, that's why I said I'm a little bit of a nerd because I was reading like personal finance books as like a 10 or 11 year old kid. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so what led me down this road was that um, it wasn't until I really left for college um, that I realized that some of those books and what they were saying was impacting me because I started seeing 
uh, for the first time, like being away from my parents, I started seeing people really deal with their finances in ways that were um, insane to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, if you remember back then, if you're, you know, if you, if you're on a college campus before 2009, you remember those tables at the cafeteria where they'd give you a hat or a free t-shirt if you signed up for a credit card. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, all of a sudden I'm on college campus and um, I'm seeing people use credit cards for gas and, um, and pizza and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why, why would an unemployed college student be using a credit card to buy pizza and gas? And, and back then, like, like debit cards weren't normal. So I knew they were actually using a credit card, right? right, right. Um, and I had like an emergency credit card, but the bill went straight to my parents, right? So mm-hmm. like, if I, if I were ever to use a credit card to pay for a pizza, like I would get a call, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so I'm just like, what are these people doing? Why people? So it, it, it started, that's what started my interest in like, oh man, like not everybody thinks about their finances the way that I do. And I, then I, that's when I dawned on me that everything that I learned about money was basically yeah. from my father and those conversations that we had uh, very early on and uh, in the books that I read. And so I started realizing that personal finance wasn't taught in school at all. <laughs> and yeah. that, um, it's a conversation that we really need to have. Uh, one more quick thing on that. I, um, I, I find it funny. I, I say this all the time now that, um, you know, we share, share all kinds of all sorts of stuff about our lives on social media, right? We, you know, we share everything on social media uh, these days, but money is still very taboo. And I tell people all the time, you're more likely to know more about your best friend's sex life than you are about their debt and their finances, right? So money is wow. still like a hush hush topic. And so yeah. that's, one of those things where it's like, no, we've got to, we've got to be more open about um, the financial issues that we're having and money in general. And in, in a quick question. So how many black men do you, do you think are in this, this field, this line of work? Um, yeah. In the personal finance space, it's a very small community and I probably know uh, almost all of them. <laughs> uh, and um, there, there are two things with that. One, um, uh, African-Americans as a population, um, there's, there's vast wealth disparities, right? And so um, people in this field, um, there's just not a lot of uh, black men in the space. Um, two, um, there's the male dynamic as well and the ego tied to money, right? And mm-hmm. so um, it's, it's more likely with men, we're kind of like, you know, our, our, our ego is tied to money, like in, in terms of our ability to provide. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you know, for, for men to get advice on, on, on managing their finances, they're like, no, nah, I got this. I got this. You know, I, you know, I, I can take care of my stuff. Um, so it's more, um, more likely women that are stepping forward to say, Hey, like, I want to talk about this money thing. I'm not, I'm not sure about this. So that's another reason that, um, that there are not a lot of black men in the space mm. because there is an ego thing tied with money that, you know, uh, I I got this. I, I can handle I can handle my money. Like I, yeah, I can do this thing. I'll, I'll make money here and there, and I can I can do this because it's tied to our our sort of you know egotistical drive to like I've got mm. this kind of thing. Right, right. And and, and so, so be be that that is not that many black men in this field. Have you faced some some hurdles, some challenges? I think the, the hurdles and challenges come from one um, the all of our you know collective um, silence about the issue of money. So I think that's, that's one of the things there is that 
um, it's still a taboo with private conversation, right? We're having it, we're having it a little more and more, you know, you're hearing more people talk about things like student loans and, uh, and debt in general, but we're still not having the full conversation. For example, um, at work, um, you have people that may be, you know, the same position and title than you, but you don't know what everybody's paid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. we're still, you know, even if you're really close to somebody at work, you, you still may not know what their salary is, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there's this general sort of um, desire to be very close to the vest with anything related to finances. So I think that's one challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, um, I think the other challenge as well in general is that um, as a community um, when it comes to social activism and things of that nature um, we can be collective but in terms of economic collectivism we're not as on the same page when it comes to finances right so you know um, if you quote unquote make it right you you move out and do your own thing (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I don't think as a community that we've uh, determine how to collectively pull our resources together um, economically. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. And so what are you, I guess, what are you doing to, I, to put more information more uh, to educate um, young black men on this topic um, or just young black people in general on this topic? What are you doing to, I guess, mentor some of the younger ones that are, that are trying to, to get started in this industry as well? Yeah, so, um, so there are um, uh, groups that I'm affiliated with um, that, that help out um, young professionals. So personally, what I do is I, I do coaching one-on-one, and I also have um, group coaching and courses. Um, you can find all this information out on uh, my, my website, themoneyspeakeasy.com, but, um, but I host courses, and that's one of the, the ways that I found was um, particularly helpful for people to be able to take an online course, but mm-hmm. um, to find out this information, like a lot of people, for example, have never budgeted before in their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, where do you go? And I always tell people like, who do you call um, if you really don't know how to manage to pay off your debt? Like what's mm-hmm. the strategy behind paying off your debt? And if you wanted to get out of debt, like you don't have a go-to person to call. And so that's one of the reasons that I do this work is because I think, you know, people should have a go-to person to say, hey, here's how you budget. Here's how you get out of this debt. And let's talk about what your overall goals are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I do um, uh, individual coaching. So I do one-on-one coaching, but I also do um, group programs um, because one of the things with money, it's sort of like I compare it to um, fitness and weight loss all the time in that, um, sometimes people need collective accountability um, in order to get past their goals. So you can tell somebody what to do, but in terms of, you know, getting on the same page and being part of a group, that's really important to have that joint accountability in order to, to get to the other side. That's why people do fitness classes and group classes, right? So um, have that collective accountability. Uh, And so, um, so I do that as well. And so those are uh, the major ways that I try to reach as many people as I can um, in order to get this message out about um, about improving your finances, um, because uh, if we if we took a quick step back and thought about it from a larger picture, right? If you're under the age of fifty, mm-hmm. um, Social Security um, is not guaranteed, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there's really no such thing as pensions anymore. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to realize, and this is why I work with younger people, is what mm-hmm. we have to realize is our financial, like we can get to retirement age and there's nothing left for us. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we have to take this time between the ages of, you know, 25 to 65, we have a, a, a huge responsibility to get our finances together in that time because there's no government or employer that's going to save us. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if, you know, even if we do have social security, it will be a fraction of what we, what we need to live on. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's important for us. And particularly as a black community, because we're already um, making less than our, our, our white peers. Mm-hmm. If we don't take care of our own, you know, financial, uh, financial destiny, we're going to, we're going to continue to see that, that, that wealth gap um, in the future. And so I want to attack it as much as I can on the front end with young folks um, so that we can get on the right path um, to narrow that gap and even exceed if we can. And, you know, that just had me think about another quick question I wanted to ask you. Um, Are there, are there like your five number, your five top tips that you want to share with folks that you, when you always, run into somebody who's like, okay, these are the top five things that I need to tell people about when it comes to their finances. Well, yeah, I would, I would say in general, when I work with folks, I, I work on building what I call their financial foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And the financial foundation, um, and if you think about the foundation of a house, right? If you're building, um, uh, if you're building a house, um, you've got to have a solid and firm foundation. And the, the foundation has five aspects to it. Um, the, and this is what I work with most, most folks on the foundation has, uh, the first thing I call the first aspect I call uh, your positive cash flow, meaning that you have to budget and make sure that you, uh, that you spend less than you earn. Right. So that's number one. Um, number two is you have to have an emergency fund. We've seen recently with the, um, with the government shutdown, right. Um, an emergency fund is a huge thing. And I think 60% of the, of the American population does not have $500 cash savings in case of an emergency. Um, so that is a huge deal. So having an emergency fund. Um, number three is eliminating high interest debt. So if you're in credit card debt or have other high interest debt, getting out of that as quickly as possible. Um, number four is building solid credit making sure that if you, if, and when you do borrow money, you're getting it at the best rates. And number five, something that we don't talk about a lot, but is having proper insurance protection and, a, and an estate plan. So those are the five major things that I work with people on in terms of building that firm financial foundation. What happens with most people in, in terms of um, they, they don't build all five of those elements and they build on top of a shallow foundation. So they're working on things like their 401k and trying to build wealth, but they're building on top of a shallow foundation. So mm-hmm. if any emergencies or any sort of things happen, you know, what happens when you build on top of a shallow foundation, the whole thing comes down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to help people do. So those would be my five, my five tips to, be, to make sure that you focus on those five elements of the financial foundation, get those together and solid, and then build wealth on top of that. Wow, that's that's great. And last question, because I know we shared some great stuff today. Um, when you when you being in this field and being a black man, how is that your your experience um, maybe different from your white counterpart um, on how you view uh, finances? 
Yeah, so I, I, I think there is um, a difference in, uh, in perspective generally, right? And so um, not to assume that, um, that my white counterparts are always affluent, right? We make that mistake and, and assume that, you know, all people, all white people are wealthy. But um, particularly with my, you know, with my parents' background that I mentioned, like um, there's a difference between um, understanding the plight of people economically, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and coming from a background of like, not everybody has the same opportunities, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, so I think that's one of the things that I see that's different between um, me and some of my white counterparts is that I don't assume that everybody, you know, I, I don't have a lens that says, well, everybody can do X because, because I did it, right? Right, right. <laughs> there are structural elements that are in the way that are preventing people from doing X, Y, and Z. So oftentimes, mm-hmm. I I almost cringe when I hear like, well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And it's not, it's like, there's, yeah. there's that, that filter isn't there for like, no, like, the reason that you were able to do X, Y, and Z is because a lot of these things were set up for you in advance. Right. Right. And so um, a lot of people don't have those advantages. And so um, we need to take a step back for people. So oftentimes, so one of the first things that I did when I, that I did when I started coaching, mm-hmm. is, um, I had to start listening to people because I have a, I've worked in financial services for a long time. So oftentimes the way that I explain things, mm-hmm. I found that even, even though I was trying to simplify it, I was still using my financial, you know, legalese. Mm-hmm. And, and because we didn't learn about personal finance in school at all, I found that I had to like back up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, even when I was talking about credit or I was talking about, you know, paying off debt, I'd use terms. And uh, luckily, you know, people I was coaching was like, oh, can you back up for a second? Like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that, that, you know, like, so I had to keep taking steps back and say, oh, I need to start where, with, where, where people are. And I think mm-hmm. the whole financial services industry needs to do that. I think they mm-hmm. make it intentionally confusing for people um, mm-hmm. so that you need to pay them to, <laughs> to get their services. Right. But I think right. that we can break it down for people um, even more so. So I think that's one of the, the differences that I see is that um, I don't have a lens that assumes that people know um, you know, everything that I'm saying and, you know, and, and, and I don't mind stepping things back for people. That doesn't mean that people aren't smart. It just means that people don't have experience with right. uh, some of the things that we're talking about. And I can, I can simplify it more. Right. Well, that's powerful. And uh, just one quick question. Cause it just, it just, I know I said that was the last one, but I just, I'm just, <laughs> talking, I'm just been, I keep on thinking this is the last one. I promise. But, um, when you were in corporate America, did you have any, did you ever get any type of looks like when you would tell people what you would do from, from your, from your counterparts and like, well, you know, I'm, I teach people, you know, about finances. Did you, did you ever, from your white counterparts, did they say, well, are you actually, you know, supposed to be here? Did you ever get those type of looks or feelings? Or Well, um, I'll answer that a different way. I'll, I'll give you um uh, an example of um, a situation that I was in that um, that one of the things that pushed me towards this work. Um, so um, I, at the start of my career, I was working in um, corporate insurance um, mm-hmm. and I won't bore you with all the details, but um, basically companies get insurance to uh, insure themselves for, for um, the, the management of, of the company. Right. So if they do mm-hmm. something stupid, they might get sued and they get insurance for that. So anyway, I was, um, I was sitting in one of those like analyst calls for a large 
a furniture rental company, right? Um, uh, one of those large ones that you see in a lot of neighborhoods, and I won't name the name, but um, but um, they rent out furniture to people. Mm-hmm. And in the CEO, CFO, and COO of this company were sitting there, and they were describing what their you know outlook was, what their business strategies were to grow their business, and um, I was the only uh, the only minority in the room at, at that point, And they're explaining mm-hmm. it to all of these analysts to, you know, so they look favorable on their business and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're sitting there and they're explaining um, that they essentially target um, certain low income neighborhoods and they put their stores um, in walking distance because a lot of their customers don't have cars. So they put their, um, their stores in walking distance of these neighborhoods because they've Mm -hmm. basically mapped out the neighborhoods. They know uh, Mm -hmm. the income range of all the people there and they put their stores there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they, they create financial structures so that um, let's say you wanted to, let's say you make um, your minimum wage, but you wanted to rent a 60 inch television. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way that they finance it is that you pay weekly right? Um, mm-hmm. um, for, for renting the 60 inch television. So I'm the only minority sitting in this room and they're talking about essentially how they're ripping off and exploiting um, working class folks. Um, and you know, it's our communities, right? So, wow. Uh, and, and it was one of those things where you're sitting there and um, I don't know if you've ever sat in a meeting and you're like, you're looking, you know, both directions, like, am I the only ones that sees a problem with this? Like, Oh yeah. Like, so (laughs) it was just one of those startling things that I just remember. Like I I wanted to walk out. I wanted to like protest. Like I I was just like, does anybody else understand that these people are glorifying, exploiting working class people like, Mm -hmm. and, and making it like seem like it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so like, why are you renting 60 inch televisions to people that, you know, it's, it was, it reminded me of like the tables at school. Like, why are you giving credit cards um, to, to college students like Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. don't have income. Like it was just one of those things, those fundamental things where I'm like, man, like companies are out to get you and they're not concerned about your well-being. You have to be the one that has to be proactive about your own well-being. And so those are the things. And it's not, <laughs> funny enough, it's not that they were bad people. They just, they just saw it as, hey, I'm providing a service to people. If they knew that, you know, um, if, if they want to rent out a 60-inch television, that's America. Like, go and do it. Mm. But they know good and well that um, the way that they're structuring the financial contract, that it's a complete ripoff. So you end up renting it weekly for a number of months you end up paying weekly more for the television than it's actually worth. Right. Right. And so those are the kinds of things where um, you're exploiting um, people's ignorance on the finances and just exploiting people. Right. And so mm-hmm. that, that's just one of those examples where, um, and that's more so, that's more so my experience more so than mm-hmm. you know, um, other people saying, well, why do you think you can do this? Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's more, it's more that, um, they just had this filter on that said, I don't have any problem exploiting people because it's just business. 
right? Like, mm. like there weren't people behind on the other side of that financial tra- transaction. It was just consumers. Yeah, uh, consumers weren't actual real people with like real families that it, it actually impacted real lives. It was just those are people that are just paying for the products, and so that's wow. that's when that for me was the difference of, uh, for me having that sort of filter like no like the people that you're selling to look like me and my family Mm -hmm. you're exploiting them and that's a problem yeah anyway wow Wow. no i mean that's that's great and i'm I'm glad you were there and i'm glad you started you tell us tell us where else uh listeners could can follow you and where they can get more information about your business can you tell yeah yeah so um you can find me on uh, vmoneyspeakeasy.com that's t-h-e-m-o-n-e-y-s-p-e-a-k-e E-A-S-Y. That's the moneyspeakeasy.com. You can find me on all the socials at moneyspeakeasy, M-O-N-E-Y-S-P-E-A-K-E-A-S-Y. Um, so you can find me there um, in the website You'll um, and you can get on the mailing list and find out all the things that we're up to. Uh, we're soon starting um, an, an accountability group uh, this month. We're going to start a, a large accountability group for folks that want to really changed their finances in 2019. So uh, I want to pair people with accountability partners uh, and really get, you know, folks going on their financial goals and, uh, and get things started. So you can find all of that stuff on the moneyspeakeasy.com. Thank you, Wilson. I mean, this is great. Um, it's good catching up with you. And again, this is the Black Male Archives podcast, just promoting positive black males, uh, which you are one and you're doing your thing. And we appreciate you for doing that. So thanks again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, sir. Until next time.